when all of your best laid plans go up in smoke and disaster strikes, what do you do then? How do you cope? What actions do you take? That's the topic of our conversation today on episode number 156 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller as we talk to the author of What's Your Next? The Blueprint for Creating Your Freedom Lifestyle, Dr. David Phelps. It was, it was about my daughter and realizing that I, if, if I didn't make some changes, I might miss out completely. So, so I made that, that decision uh, while she was in the hospital, I'm going to sell this practice. And, and so I went forth and, and, and did that. Hey guys, this is Jared Grabio, author of the self-help book, Six Practical Ways to Never Stop Growing. Thanks for connecting with Dr. Brad Miller on the Beyond Adversity podcasting, helping you face and conquer adversity. Hello, good people. Welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. We are here to help you to navigate adverse conditions in your life, to get through them, and to emerge to a place of peace, prosperity, and purpose. If you've had a depressing episode, if you've had to deal with, deal with a divorce in your life, or, or maybe debilitating disease, or a crushing debt, or a death in your family, this is the place to go. We have over 150 episodes of our podcast where we talk to doctors and authors and leaders and people who have overcome adversity in their life and who have emerged to a better place. So head on over to drbradmiller.com where we have lots of uh, episodes to help you process things and to come to a better place in your life. We've got a free gift for you there as well. Our guest today on Beyond Adversity is Dr. David Phelps. He is a dental professional. He had a successful dental practice for many years, he was also very successful in the world of real estate investing, uh, joint venturing with his father, among others, and did quite well. Life was cruising along for, for Dr. Phelps, and then disaster struck. That's the story we have with all of us at one time or another. Adversity hits when we least expect it. For Dr. Phelps, it was involving his daughter, Jenna. She was diagnosed with leukemia. And in the midst of the cancer treatments that she had, which were quite, were, which were quite challenging, she had epilepsy. She ended up needing a liver transplant. And there were crucial decisions to be made. And there were stresses in the marriage, which ended up in divorce as well. Lots of things happened. So Dr. Phelps made the crucial decision to leave his dental practice so he could spend every moment with his daughter. So that meant changes in his life. He had to go to plan B. Plan B is often where we go when we have to face adversity. And he needed to develop cash flow in his life, to support his life. And he developed the process that he now calls the Freedom Founders Mastermind Community. He has the Path to Freedom, a monthly newsletter. He coaches people on how to be financially free. And he speaks to professional groups all around, all around the, the country and beyond about his process to help you find out what's next. His book is What's Your Next? The Blueprint for Creating Your Freedom Lifestyle. And in our conversation today, we talk at length about all these things and created a financial lifestyle. But more importantly, I believe we talked about his spiritual life about his emotional relationships with 
uh, people who were profoundly important to him, and of course the relationship with his daughter, which precipitated uh, much of this. He gives us great guidance and some calls to action that can speak into your life. You're going to want to hear this conversation with Dr. David Phelps. He uh, he blogs at drphelps.com. You can also find him at freedomfounders.com. Let's get into our conversation on Beyond Adversity with Dr. David Phelps right now. Dr. David Phelps is our special guest here on Beyond Adversity. He has managed and had a private dental practice for 21 years, and he also got involved with investing in real estate, joint venture with his father, and and they became quite successful at those aspects in life. Life was good. Life was perking along until he had a episode happen, which kind of caused his world to come crashing down. And that's what we're going to talk about here for a few minutes. His upcoming book is called What's Your Next? The Blueprint for Creating Your Freedom Lifestyle. You can find him at drphelps.com. Our guest today on Beyond Adversity, Dr. David Phelps. Welcome. Brad, glad to be here. Thank you for having me today. Awesome. So glad to have you with us here today. And and your book is going to be a story and a process for helping people to succeed, freedom and financially and so on and some aspects of that. But I also know that you had a turning point in your life. And our audience is all about helping people to navigate adverse conditions. So I'd like to tell a little bit about your story, how you, you know, maybe a little bit how you got in the dental practice, but what came, uh, what was the turning point in your life to help you to take this, this road towards uh, writing and leadership and te- teaching and freedom? Yeah, Brad, you know, I, I grew up in a, a very strong uh, Christian family, a mother and father who uh, stayed together, uh, certainly not without uh, uh, typical conflict, but uh, I was the eldest of, uh, of, of, with two other siblings to uh, two younger sisters and gosh, looking back uh, with what I know today had a pretty good lifestyle, responsible family, uh, not entitled family, uh, but just good foundations. And so I never really had the opportunity and I I use this word opportunity to experience any real serious setbacks in my life as a, as a young person. Um, Life, life was good. Not that I didn't have to work hard and and do things through school. And I wasn't, you know, a, a, a super gifted athlete or super, super gifted intellectual. I had to work, but nevertheless, looking back at my life, it, it, it was, it was a good life. And so I went into my adult life uh, after training uh, college and, and dental school and, and, you know, got into to dentistry. I've always been a person who's been very curious, uh, you know, outside my, my focus training. And so, yeah, when I was in college, I was reading books on, you know, how to be a good steward of, of, of your, your investment capital, right? I mean, that's one thing we're taught is to be a good steward. So I didn't have any at that time, but I thought, well, I need to think ahead because I'm always a long-term planner. So I read books about the real estate and real books about stock market. And I thought real estate makes sense. So I kind of did two things in tandem. I got started practicing dentistry and I also started learning how to invest in real estate. Probably a little too much to take on, but I, I, I was uh, early married, but, but no children for the first nine years on purpose. So that gave me a little bit of a chance to focus on those things that maybe I wouldn't have had I started early with children. In the 30s to um, my, my then wife and I, uh, and uh, it was such a blessing. Age two and a half, uh, she is diagnosed with um, high-risk leukemia. Mm, so, wow. so again, this is something I hadn't faced with my, with my family, uh, at least not with uh, my family of origin. And so I was, I was kind of in denial, which I think probably is, is not, not uncommon uh, to go into the denial, uh, particularly for someone like me who always thought uh, I had control, 
that as long as I was a hard worker and I did the right thing that I could control, I was going to have the perfect life, the perfect family. It was going to be all good. Well, this, this blew it did blow up my world. And, um, Without going into great detail, you may ask any questions uh, today as you wish that would help your listeners. But uh, uh, my daughter, our daughter, our daughter Jennifer, survived leukemia. It was three years of, well, I just call it hell on earth. Uh, you don't know what you don't know. Uh, people that are listening today probably have similar circumstances that they were thrown under. And you have no training for this. Yes. Uh, so so our, 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 the marriage to Jenna's mother uh, didn't survive that. Uh, no, there's no blame. There is absolutely no blame. In fact, I, today I, I, I acknowledge uh, Jen's mother uh, as really her primary advocate that probably saved her life going through all the treatment, the hospitalization. So we we figured out how to be uh, co-parents in a world where we were no longer living together. So that's the good thing that came out of that part um, of the of, well, of that first adversity. It also it also um, shook me up a little bit, not completely. I kind of got back to the old David where I just kind of dug back in and I'm going to build back up and I'm going to be successful again. And, you know, financial um, issues aside, I'm going to get back and do it again. And then Jenna was not through with her health issues. She, she suffered uh, uncontrolled epileptic seizures uh, for a number of years while she was between the ages of eight and 12. And then at age 12, uh, she, she uh, ended up in end-stage liver failure, a combination of all the chemotherapy she had during her years of leukemia treatment and also the seizure medications, the co- combination caused her liver to go into breakdown. And so uh, at age 12, she needs a liver. And it was during the time that she was in the hospital recovering, which was not easy. It's not, you don't go in, go out that I really had time to reflect really probably one of the first times in many years, I had time to actually be quiet. And this is going to be part of your question. So I won't go deep here, but be quiet and, 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 and think and reflect. What is this all about? What is David Phelps all about? What am I really here on earth to do? Was it the things I thought I was supposed to do? And so I had a big turning point there. So um, I'll stop there because I could go on and you need yeah. to leave. So I'll stop. Oh, that's, that's okay. That's uh, the drama and the trauma that you experienced with your daughter. And then you kind of multiply that with the divorce and, you know, whatever happened there. And then your own self-introspection just meant your world was rocked, wasn't it? Your complacency, whatever was going on in your world, in your life, you were probably, you know, in some form or another, we're kind of cruising along. You said your family of origin, I I didn't have any dramatic health issues or things of this nature. And now you're dealt with this. And even though you, you know, I know a dentist isn't exactly an MD, but still you have a medical orientation. Even with that, you are rocked. So you have to change. You have to do something. So what were some of the things that you did to help you change? You said you talked about having a time of introspection. What were some of the things that changed you internally, which then you would then manifested in terms of how you uh, sought the freedom lifestyle that you have now? Well, it, it, cha- it changed my priorities. It, 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 it made me really think what is really important. And so often, I think we all take certain parts of life for granted, the good times, the good things, the good relation, whatever we're blessed to have, we can take it for granted. I certainly did. I took a lot of things for granted that I realized were not under my control. Uh, some things are, some things aren't. Um, you know, health situations, maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. In this case, uh, Jenna's health issue was was not anybody's, uh, you know, no no cause no cause on anybody's part. It just was a, a situation there. So I think what it did for me was was maybe go deep and decide where where did my focus need to be. Yes, I still have to be responsible financially. Absolutely, I still have to be able to support uh, my family, my daughter. Uh, but but I was doing it in such a way that. I believe, Brad, 
and, and I'm probably not atypical of a lot of driven people, but that drive can be what I call today um, winning, winning at the wrong game. Mm. What, you know, what, what, what game, you know, in other words, in life, am, am I, am I focused on? And I was, I was winning at one game, but I wasn't winning at the right game. The right game as I came full circle back around was, was I needed to, to be cognizant of the blessings I had, which was, was, was a family or, you know, a daughter, a daughter who had survived some, some serious health issues, but that was God's blessing. You know, that, that may not happen the next time, you know, is there going to be a next time? And so I really had to decide where did I need to be showing up? And so I quickly made a decision that year, that was uh, some 16 years ago that I was going to sell my practice. Now, okay. now I'm not so, saying that I'm so not that's saying a, that was had, had been a dramatic thing for you to decide to do, even though you were, had some good reasons for it still had to be a dramatic yes. time for you. Yeah. I'm not saying that's easy. I'm not saying that, that, that everybody can do that and just let go of a career or responsibility or a business or a job. I'm not saying that's easy. Uh, I, I, fortunately I did have some real estate investments that I've been building up over the years uh, that gave me a little bit of a platform to do that, but I was not, I was not magnanimously wealthy uh, at all. I, I had to make some tough decisions, but, but those tough decisions, decisions were easier because it was, it was about my daughter and realizing that I, if, if I didn't make some changes, um, I might miss out completely. So, so I made that, that decision uh, while she was in the hospital, I'm going to sell this practice. Um, and, and so I went forth and, and, and did that. So your drive went from one track to another track and it was driven in many ways or the pivot became your, your daughter's health issues and they changed you internally. So you made that dramatic, I call them bold actions, simply yes. bold actions when we take a big shift there. And that means, you know, sometimes those come crashing down and sometimes they're good, but they always change us, don't they? They always, they they always uh, change us. And so let's talk about the changes within you for a second. How and what you talked about being introspective a minute ago, uh, David, let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about the inner life, about how you mentioned you had a religious upbringing and whatever it was, was there any way that connected to something beyond yourself? Maybe it was a love of your daughter. Maybe it was something else that uh, tell us about any kind of a source or power greater than yourself. That was a part of this formation of uh, leading you in the track you're on now. I think when we are in a position where we realize sometime in our life that we aren't in control of everything. And yes, you're right. I, I came from a religious background, but my, my faith had really never been tested. Uh, and, and therefore, I don't think I really had dug down. And, and during the times that Jenna was, uh, you know, in crisis, uh, not only during the liver transplant, but you know, with leukemia, she, there was times when she was in a coma. And it was just, it, you know, that's when I decided, you know, it's, it's a good time to, to, to build my, to increase my relationship um, with, in my faith with, with, with God and, and, and to pray and, and, and praying maybe is a little bit like meditation. I look at prayer as, as something that, uh, you know, we're asking for help and guidance and wisdom and discernment. But I think as we pray, this is just for me, is I feel like um, it's also, as we pray, we are also interreflecting. Uh, there's a meditative part of praying that also uh, changes how we think. And when we change how we think, then we'll start to, then we have the opportunity to change how we behave, uh, which changes therefore our actions. And I think it comes to full circle, circle around to what you talk about is, is transformation. Um, but it starts with how we think. Uh, and so if you don't change your thinking about whatever it is you're involved in or the adversity you're in, if you, you don't change what that looks like, then you may just keep trying to drive through it. And uh, that's usually not going to probably make a big difference in, in my opinion. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's talk for, you know, a minute about uh, 
relationships. You know, you mentioned about the power of your relationship with your daughter, how that's been so influential on you. But I think you've, uh, I know part of you also did some business with your father and things like that. But transformation takes place in many different forms, including relationships. Sometimes those are uh, even relationships that are, you know, like books we read and things like that. But tell us about influences on your life and support or even uh, challenges you may have in relationships that help to form you in this direction you're going, that you have shifted to now. The power of relationships, loving or otherwise. Right. Fortunately, the majority of my relationships have been on the positive side. Uh, I think that you're right. There can be certainly toxic relationships that can hold one back, that can enable uh, behavior that's not helping us. But but I had I had developed over the years, you know, some close relationships with um, with with other men in, in different disciplines from different areas that that I look to as mentors. Um, and initially they were mentors really kind of on the financial side and business side. But also this and I'm talking about a few. I'm talking about no more than a handful four or five, not a not 10 or 15, but four or five that. I had spent time with, and I, you know, developed a, a, a trust, uh, which is, I think, important to trust because not only did I find that they were, had wisdom about certain things about life and, and finance and business, but, but also as I got to know this select view that they also had values about life and it wasn't all about making money or this or that, but also it was like how they live their life. And I think that's important to me. If I'm going to follow advice from people, I want them as closely aligned to what my beliefs are. So going through those difficult times, it's very important. I believe that if you don't do it solo, you don't do it by yourself. You need to be able to to reach out. You need to be able to express the angst, um, the the anger, the frustration, the despair, all those emotions. You've got to be able to express those uh, because if you, if you contain them inside, which is typical of people like me, I you know, suppress, suppress, suppress. Um, then then you that harbors inside and that can do all kinds of negative things. So you've got to be able to let that out, but you can only let it out, I think, with people that you have formed those relationships. So having those few people to talk to uh, during those times when things were spinning and trying to get some clarity and some objectivity, am I doing the right thing? Am I making hasty decisions? Was really a big help for me. And I, I, I tell people today that relationship capital um, is one of the most important things we have in you know, our, our assets. Mm-hmm. And let's let's talk about assets then a minute, because you're talking about relationship capital being a great asset. But one of the things we have to do as we navigate adversity is to understand that there are things that can keep us stuck, that, that, that we can get over in a ditch or something like that. And relationships is certainly one of them. And certainly we can be motivated by some dramatic events like you talked about. But do there's several different areas people can get stuck. You know, we're living this time of COVID crisis. Some people get have gotten really wrapped up and really caught up in that with uh, having their with being depressed and other things they've had going on. Other people actually have to deal with the disease itself. And some people have been an economic disaster for them. And it's a time of stress. And I want to talk to you about some of the things that you have advocate doing to help people. You, you, the theme of your book is freedom, right? So freedom would indicate that we are trying to moving from stress to freedom. So let's talk about some of the habits, the practices. Of, I know particularly your book is focused on personal finances, but debt and finances are certainly one of those great stressors that people have that gets them, gets them stuck. So let's talk for a minute about some of the things that you advocate and do that people can uh, begin to relieve some stresses in their life and to have, among other things, financial freedom. What are some of the things that you advocate? One of the first things I would say, Brad, is that 
many times in life we feel like um, it's just us that you know life is not fair and what's happening to us whether it's decisions we made didn't make or didn't have any control over that you know it's it's just me and there's something wrong with me and why am I a quote loser uh, because it seems like the world today particularly with social media uh, is is all about you know living the big life the good life and everybody's just you know doing great uh, you've got to be with people again with that that you trust so so again I would say that that one of the practices is to, you know, to, to have a group, um, uh, it could be a, a, a close inner group of five, or you could be part of some other community, or it could be a, a, a mastermind group. It could be a, you have your own uh, informal, informal board of advisors, just like big companies have boards of advisors, you know, who's your informal board and, you know, to be a part of a group that really allows you to be vulnerable. Most of the time when we, when we show up somewhere at meetings or conferences or industry or trade association meetings, you kind of have to put on this kind of ego badge and buck up and just look like, you know, you got the world by the tail. And that's so often not true. There's usually something that's nagging, something that's not working out well, something that's bothering us, but, but who do you talk to about it? And, and if, if you, again, if you can't express it, if you don't have a place where you can talk about it, how can you start to get clarity? When we went through the, the COVID shutdown earlier in this year, you know, part of the group that I work with, uh, there are a lot of dentists and medical, medical practitioners. And again, the shutdown that happened that put them, you know, put their businesses at great risk for uh, two, two and a half months, it was very stressful. We had Zoom calls, uh, you know, every week where we just got together, we talked through it, we, we brought some industry experts. And at the end of that period of time, the, the, the people that were part of the group said, said, you know, this was so inspiring. Yes, it was difficult at first. Yes, we didn't, weren't sure we we're going to get through it. But because they were doing it together, finding other people that are on the same path and not a perfect path, not a path that's just directed at, at pure success, but the step backs, the, 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 the switchbacks, the things that we deal with in life, we've got to acknowledge that that's part of life and it's okay. It's okay not to have it all figured out. It's okay to have to deal with these things. We're not alone. The aloneness, I think, is, is, is one of the big problems that a lot of people tend to try to take it on by themselves. And that's, that's really, really, really difficult. So, and the group you're part of, was it, it sounded like it was a big, a big aspect was support. Was any of it kind of an accountability or trying to keep, make sure people were making progress and not being stuck, you know, or whatever. It was Absolutely. a part of this as, as well. Absolutely. Just, yeah, just, just clarity about what steps can be taken right now, even because you, you can't do the things you're normally doing. You, you don't go to work right now because you can't go to work. You're not showing up. Your staff's not there. Your customers, patients, clients aren't showing up. So, so what, what can you be doing right now to, uh, to, 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 to bridge, bridge that gap to when you get to go back. So, you know, communication, you know, was a big part, you know, communicating with people, uh, even if it was virtually, uh, just keeping a pulse, keeping, because, because we're responsible for a lot of people, um, ourselves, our families, but also if you if you have a business, you've got employees, staff, people, and then of course your customers, clients, patients, everybody, you know, was stressed out. And so stepping up and being leaders, even though we are fraught a lot, a lot of times with with uh, with fear, uh, it's saying, look, I need to step up and be a leader. I don't have to know it all. I don't have to be perfect, but I just need to be able to be a good communicator to those that are looking to me to be, a, to be some kind of leader. And we'll do this together. We'll figure it out together. And I think that was a big part. Yeah. And a part of that is being engaged with the process and the temptation is to disengage or yes. to, to step back, especially when bad things happen to us. Adversity happens, certainly kind of the common adversity, the COVID crisis in the last year. And so what we do makes a difference to seek freedom. So let's, 
what are, let's talk some more about your book then about some of the things that you advocate. What do you, if someone's going to pick up your book, uh, David, what are they going to learn? What are you going to teach us? What is uh, this? You, you call it the blueprint. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the aspects of the blueprint for your freedom lifestyle? Well, like, like you, Brad, I have some frameworks and um, one of my frameworks, if you can picture a triangle or a pyramid, uh, some, some people are probably familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of, of needs. I know you are. Yes, I am. So, so I, I took a little bit of his pyramid, but I changed it up a little bit, but it still follows a little bit. And at the bottom of the pyramid, the base of the pyramid, uh, where Maslow has survival, mine is, mine is financial freedom. Look, a big part of everybody's life is, is, is paying the bills, having enough to support the family and the needs, right? Um, and, and so there's always a focus on that. That was always my big focus when I was young. I, I never knew how much was enough. So I was a big driver for financial freedom. So yes, you need to have some financial security. If you can, if you can get to a point in your life where uh, lifestyle entitlement is not just eating up every bit of your income, you've got some margin, so you can have got some breathing room. Then when when tough times come, you, it, it reduces the stress. So financial freedom, um, whether it's through income or investments, it's a big part, or a combination thereof, is a big part of what I teach. The next level up from there is is time freedom. I, you know, I, I talked earlier about the fact that I was such a driver that I didn't take time uh, or didn't, didn't respect time in my early life uh, like I do today, time with people, uh, with relationships, with making memories. So financial freedom allows you to have time freedom because you're not always having to drive, drive, drive. The next one is we've already talked about is relationships. Uh, are you able to engage in relationships because you choose to engage in them and you're not doing things or engaging with people because you feel like you have to? That could be who you work with, uh, your staff, your employees. It could be who your client base is. Are you working with people because you enjoy them? Your vendors. Are you working with vendors uh, because you enjoy it? Or are you being compressed to have to do things again because you haven't built the earlier freedoms? The, the, the fourth one on that pyramid is health. How many times do, because of stress, stressful times, adversity, and I've done this, uh, we, we put off our health. Well, I'll, I'll get back to that when I get these things in order. The problem is we need self-care. When we're going through stressful times, it's the worst time to, to, to abdicate you know, your self-care in terms of health. If you, you need to have some regimen, it goes to your, what you've asked about me about habits. You need to keep doing things that allow you to stay physically healthy. Your nutrition and health is important to keep you able to move through the, the difficult times. And then the top of the pyramid is very similar to Maslow's. Um, his is the, the self-actualization, which I just interpret that as is significance, purpose, meaning. What's your, what's, your, you know, what's your real why in life? And so going through the book, these frameworks allow people or give them permission to, number one, ask them the questions that we've talked about today. Well, what is my real purpose? Am I driving towards that? What's missing in the frameworks? And to allow people to, to always consider in life the opportunity to evolve, to iterate. That's what's your next. Instead of thinking about a career path, of being 30, 35, or 40 years doing kind of the same thing, maybe just improving your skill sets a little bit, which is always a thing to do. But what else can I do to expand my skill skill sets, expand my horizons, so that I always have a chance to to make a move? I made a big move in my life. Yes, I, I went from a career in dentistry to to a, a totally different life, but it, it's it's had great great meaning for me to do that. I was pushed to do it. Um, but why not give yourself permission to expand and not just be focused on one thing that says, this is your industry. This is your degree. This is uh, who you are, wear that hat. This is how you behave. I think you've got to allow yourself room and freedom to expand those horizons into what's your next. Yes. That's awesome. A way of looking at there. And the, I, I, Hadn't even thought about Maslow's hierarchy for a while and certainly is great uh, significance uh, 
to our conversation here because you want to get to the top, right? But you can't get to the top without the foundation. And so uh, that purpose, you, you, you don't, in other words, you, you, I think you kind of start with the purpose and the vision, but you got yes. to build, build up to that. You got to build the, the foundation. You can't have the whole pyramid without all those aspects here. So tell us about if somebody, or I'd like to hear a, a story about how some person or some situation you may have been involved with, how you've seen that happen, how their lives being rebuilt a little bit, maybe someone you've worked with in your coaching or who's read some of your work. Is there people out in your life who you've seen have some transition or transformation because of what you've been able to teach and lead? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, I think even most recently, uh, you know, in tandem, you know, we talked about COVID and I think COVID while it's been and still is uh, a certainly a big concern and causing stress for many people's lives. The, the, the time that it allowed, particularly back in earlier part of last year for that reflection, a lot of the people that we work with uh, went into that reflective mode. I think for the, maybe the, for the first time, they really had got a chance to look at that top of the pyramid and, and think about what is my real purpose and significance? So for example, we, uh, I can think of, uh, uh, one of our members is a, a periodontist, a gum specialist. Um, uh, she, she, she's a female. Her husband uh, is, in, uh, in, uh, is in software engineering. And they have two sons that are 17, 18. So they're right between that high school going to college uh, era. And she told me that she said during COVID, you know, a lot of kids came back home. Schools are, schools are closed down. It's all online. So, uh, in fact, I heard this from several members. They got I, a, I had the same got, experience myself. My college <laughs> senior yeah. last year had to move home suddenly and ruined his senior year and all kinds well, of Well, it ruined their senior year. But the thing I heard from the parents, and I think the kids will also, at least in time, respect this, even though I understand it's disrupting to their, to their, to their focus in life, is, is, is it gave a lot of these parents what they call a second chance uh, or a second opportunity, maybe not a second chance, a second opportunity to spend some more time with that adult child who was getting ready to, to, to leave the nest and how much they enjoyed that time and how much they really said, you know what, if I can't go to work and, and, and Johnny or Susie can't be off at school, then how do we make the most of this time? What do we do with this time? And there were some really some, some great stories of families coming back together. And I think, think that really started to sink with some of the, the driven business owners to think, you know, should I keep running or driving on the same path I've been doing why can't I, how can I, not why can't I, but also how, how can I make some changes? Doesn't mean you have to sell your practice, but maybe there's some changes you can make by bringing in a partner, selling part of the practice, looking for the opportunity to now, you know, go to their next and do it sooner and not wait for some industry or societal standard that says you work until you're 65 and right. then you quote retire. See, I, I don't, I don't like that model at all. I think that's a very industrial age model that comes from, from a generate generations ago. And it's, we're way past that. So we shouldn't think in terms of retirement. We should just think about what's our next. Yes. What's our next. Well, that's awesome. And it shows that that person had that second chance. I had the same experience myself, my two adult sons after being an empty nester for several years, ended up moving home during the COVID crisis. And so it's been, it's been a bit of a mixed bag, yes. but also like you said, a second opportunity to rebuild relationships. And really what's, what's, you know, what we've talked about freedom here, Dave, we're really talking about values in our lives that we enhance. And if our values are based on just succeeding financially only, then that's not a complete fulfilled life. And if we have, uh, you know, areas where we're lacking, whether it's in our relationships or whether it's in our spiritual life or whether it's in our physical health or in our financial resources, then we're not completely free. 
And so what you're teaching us here is a pathway to freedom, a, 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 blue, a blueprint here. And that, that's awesome. Any words uh, that if folks want to learn more about you, David, or learn about uh, any, uh, any processes that you offer that can be helpful to people, how can people learn more about you and be in contact with you? Well, I do have the website, drphelps.com. Um, also, my, my community that I facilitate, uh, freedom, freedomfounders.com. And then the book itself, a uh, good place to go for that one is findyournext.com. Uh, there people can learn more about the book. And there's also a number of, of, of bonuses along with the book that provide some additional uh, ancillary frameworks and the ability for people to to work through some of the constructs in the book. So that would be another good place for them to go. Well, that's awesome. Before we go, let's just kind of give us an update. How's your daughter doing? Well, thank you. The last 10 years of her life, she's now 28 years old. Uh, at 18, she suffered one of her biggest setbacks after the uh, liver transplant, almost lost her. But uh, the good Lord's been very good to her since she survived that. Her last 10 years have been the best part of her life. And she's uh, in school, well, online in school, but she is, uh, she's, she's building a momentum, uh, you know, into to independence and uh, yeah, life, life is good. She's learned a lot. I learned a lot. Uh, adversity shapes us, uh, provides character. Uh, see it through. I would tell people, see it through. Understand it. You it will not last last forever. And there's another side uh, to that adversity adversity that you're going through right now. If you are suffering that, yeah, that's awesome. I I, I like to hear those stories that there is a crucible we can go through a a a wilderness experience as you were as you if you will to kind of give a, a bit of a biblical metaphor to it that you but if you can come out to a promised life a promised land it's it's worth it, isn't it? It's worth it, it to, to come out, but you got to work through it. You, if you, you, if you get stuck, then you're in real, real trouble. And what you've given us here, I love the title, what's your next, because what's your next implies you can't stay stuck. Can you, you got to keep, keep going. So uh, thank you for being our guest here today on uh, beyond adversity. Our guest today, the author of what's your next the Blueprint for Creating Your Freedom Lifestyle. You can find him at drphelps.com. His name is Dr. David Phelps. I just want to thank Dr. David Phelps for being so vulnerable and so open with our audience here on Beyond Adversity. That's what it takes, everybody. If you're going to overcome adversity in your life, you got to open up. you got to deal with the hurt and the pain. you got to get to get through it. You cannot be in denial. He talked about how life was cruising along for him and he had to hit his plan B, uh, which is what he now calls his freedom lifestyle process. And his book is, uh, B, is, uh, is uh, what's your next, you know, what's your next step, your blueprint for creating your freedom lifestyle. So just a couple takeaway points from our conversation today. The freedom lifestyle, according to Dr. Phelps, involves the choices that you make. You have to make a plan in your choices, and then you have to take action on your choices. And the other part of it, you need people to go along with you in this process. And he talked about having value-based accountability partners that helped hold him accountable to his process emotionally and spiritually and professionally, and how that was a big part of his life. So that's what I want to share with you. Take these takeaway points with you. You hear lots of great things from Dr. Phelps. He blogs at drphelps.com. You can also find him at freedomfounders.com. Here at Beyond Adversity, my name is Dr. Brad Miller, and I have a process to help you as well. I call it the Axe Plan. The A in the word Axe is to take action against your 
your adversity. The C in the word Acts is to connect with a higher spiritual power. The T in the word Acts is to think with discipline, how you think. And the S in the word Acts is to serve others with love. You can do this. We can be helpful to one another. Head over to drbradmiller.com. We've got a free gift for you there, which will help you along in this process. And lots of great episodes of the podcast. Lots of great authors and teachers and leaders who can speak into your life to help you to overcome adversity in your life and to emerge to a place of peace, prosperity, and purpose. From my perspective, it all begins with one decision. That is to make a promise. A promise to yourself to change that you will not remain in the status quo. And here's the thing. Make a promise is one thing. But the most powerful thing you can do is to keep your promises to yourself and to others and to others. So make a promise and keep a promise. And until next time, friends, this is Dr. Brad Miller. And I want to encourage you to continue to do all the good that you can.